0: Welcome to The Wave, where we discuss the wave of AI adoption as it happens with some of the industry's leading experts. Like, subscribe, and share to join the discussion about the future of AI. adoption happening in real time. Welcome again to Joel, uh, who is the chief product officer at Charlie AI. And we'll be talking with him today about whether or not AI is going to take your job. Big trope in the uh, in the world these days. Joel, you know, what's the what's the quick answer?
1: The quick answer is things are going to change. (laughs) Okay, that's for sure. I think that uh, what uh, what we're seeing as we engage with customers is there is uh, a lot of fear about mm. the change that are coming up. So I look forward to discuss that in, in more details. There's always fear when there is a massive disruption and AI and the effect on the jobs and the future of work is no exception.
2: Mm. So we know it's going to change. That's a big statement right how is ai being used now in the business world in the enterprise and um, maybe from there we can take steps to think about and discuss where it will be going in the coming years
1: absolutely there is one thing i'd like to say up front is ai is no different than other evolutions in the technology world it has been for quite some time that the future of work that the present of work has been changing. And essentially what we look at is today, it's primarily being used in areas like manufacturing. Manufacturing has been using AI and automation for many, many years. And a lot of people that are close to these changes don't necessarily realize that it's AI. We think of AI as this uh, robot or uh, voice-activated application that will be with you all day long, but that's not quite the case. Uh, There's a lot of applications today that have to do with predictive maintenance, that have to do with the ability to um, make decisions based on a very specific set of information. For example, detecting if the quality of a product is at the right level, to be able to detect if there's anomalies in the assembly line, all of these elements are using AI today. And in the enterprise overall, there's also a lot of applications where machine learning and very specific use cases are being deployed that can simply accelerate the the rate of decision making uh, in the enterprise.
0: I'm always reminded. I'm, I'm going to riff off this for you, Patrick, as well. I come. From, I'm a chemical engineer, so I come from this place of automation that has always been my specialization. And I think about um, Upton Sinclair's The Jungle. So this was a book written during the Industrial Revolution where human beings were falling into vats where meat was being ground and they were, you were eating them, right? Like you were eating their shoes and everything. Um, I don't think anyone was displeased that like having to go you know crawl along pipes and turn, turn those valves manually by hand in the 40s or 30s or 20s stopped having to be done. You know, people were safer. It was better for those folks. So you know, coming back to you, Joel, this feels a little different than that, right? Like there's there's some, we're already a lot of white collar workers. And, you know, that blue collar piece where these high risk jobs started being automated in ways that was good for everybody. Um, this feels a little like starting to infringe on people with soft hands like us. What's your thoughts on that?
1: yeah f- <clears throat> excuse me so for sure there's uh there's a difference in the sense that prior evolutions were very tangible uh, it was what we would call a machine or a system um, here it's a little bit less visible less tangible uh, ai has that reputation now that it can solve everything general artificial intelligence would be the time where AI can solve any problems, can learn any problems that will be thrown at it. And uh, we're pretty far from that uh, that state. However, uh, for decision-making and everyday work, like you said, people that are white-collars that can imagine that uh, if you type an email, if you review a sales opportunity if you review a product specification and decide what new features you need to put into the the roadmap to to build something new all these decisions may seem at first that ai can replace us and do it all for us and i i really want to talk about this because the reality is that the if we look at the job performance all of us with work and responsibilities that are more, let's say, I don't want to say intellectual, but more um, uh, less less requiring physical engagement with machine and activities. Um, all of us have this um, this need of of making making decisions and the better decisions that we make is based on how much information we have right so today we make decisions with a ridiculously amount a small amount of information that's the reality we're all running out of time every day we're trying to squeeze in more and we make fast decision based on just data points now <laughs> This has evolved drastically over the last few years already with tools and applications that support us that are extremely useful. But with AI, what we see as a huge difference is that AI will be able to provide a lot more guidance, not just information, but suggestions and also uh, uh, new ideas. And so the, the fact that we think AI will replace our job, I see this completely differently. I see that AI will help us becoming a lot more educated, a lot more informed, and therefore, will be able to put in place and use our human cognitive cap- cap- capabilities a lot better in the future.
0: Let me see if I understand this. Like Your assertion is that it, AI is beginning to touch on knowledge work, and I'm going to use that as a term of art like Peter Drucker would, where historically that was not the case. Right? Historically, as you said before, systems machines these are not knowledge work this is physical labor it's now touching this but not in any meaningful way is that have I synthesized that right or is there more nuance that you want to add to that comment
1: yeah I think it, it it's it's correct it's touching onto the knowledge worker uh, but it's not necessarily providing the advanced thinking capability that we think it is
0: if I could be so bold as to assert this, it's, it's touching on the drudgery no- knowledge work. As an example, like marketers writing blogs. The, the amount of content in the world is proliferated at a preposterous rate. Um, and, you know, some, some people are writing content themselves. We use Peter Atia, right? This is a brilliant MD who's talking about longevity and most of the content that's being put out is directly from his hands or mouth. Whereas you know, companies, pick any any large firm, they're paying some marketing firm to write stuff for them. Doesn't mean it's drivel. Doesn't mean it's wrong. But the actual production of content, the writing piece, is not necessarily all that complex of knowledge work. And obviously, we see folks like ChatGPT and Jasper and so forth starting to really get in there. Am I? Is it a fair assertion that it's? it's low end kind of drudgery knowledge work that AI can plausibly affect And and maybe not even all of that, just little people.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, definitely going to affect that area. And, uh, but the, at the same time, the, if we look at what is the objective of writing Blogs and content, short content that is that is covering the area of drudgery, where there is um, very mechanical objectives that are being targeted, as opposed to creative objectives, and and so in this case, the um, uh, what will happen is everybody will be able to use the same new technology, so it will raise the bar of that drudgery, and therefore there will be uh, still the need to push the envelope further with additional uh, intelligence and cognitive capabilities. Love that. It's interesting, Kay.
2: Yeah, and it's coming from your resident marketer and brander here, uh, brand branding person over here. The time to value is going to be dramatically reduced. And what I mean by that is we see, um, things like, like what Joe, you were just talking about, content development, when it comes to en masse content, um, that type of stuff can be a cognitive burden to even the best writer, the best marketer, the best creative director. And being able to augment that capability with a more speedy approach to get rid of some of that more kind of low-end drudgery-based work allows you to spend more time in the creative zone and thinking of new ideas, and really solving real challenging problems. And I think that is a net positive for the business world, but I think that's a net positive for humanity, if I may be so bold, to be able to spend more time on things that actually are creative, that are interesting and push the needle forward. That's a great thing for all of us.
1: Yeah, I I, I just wanna build on that point because when you talk about the, uh, uh, I love the positive aspect of what AI brings to the table. And in this case, all of these capabilities will be now available not only in certain parts of the world, but everywhere in the world. We've seen already that evolution with connectivity. Connectivity has been a huge, huge asset to um, to have all of the world participating to technology evolution. And I think that with AI, this is going to go one step further because now not only there will be access to connectivity and tools, but there will be access to knowledge and additional ability to do decision making. And so having that ability will, um, will provide the opportunity to businesses all around the world to flourish and to tap into talents that before were not having access to the table. Mm. What
0: new jobs do you think are going to come out of this incremental evolution? I'm being careful not to call it a revolution, because I think that we can all agree <laughs> here it's not. Uh,
1: there, there are three categories that I see as uh, new jobs. The first category is. Thinking of AI as an additional team member, as an additional capability uh, that is more than just a tool in in a, in a team, in an organization, in an enterprise, that will create additional requirements for people to interact, to people to set programs, training programs, um, educational programs around this new technology inside of the organization. That in, in itself will be warranted. Uh, to, to spend extra money to invest extra funds into these jobs, because the value produced by these uh, solutions would be far greater than, than in the past. So the, we, we're seeing already a successful AI uh, deployment is yielding unbelievable returns. And so that will, uh, it, it only makes sense like having a very performant team also needs to have the right infrastructure around it. So that infrastructure around AI will create new uh, new jobs and, and new options. And then there's the second phase or the second area, which is more directly involved with the building or AI solutions. As you know, AI is uh, extremely uh, compute hungry, but also, once you have that capability to have the right algorithms, the right models, and the right compute, you need to train those models. And to train those models, it takes an unbelievable amount of data. And contrary to uh, common belief, uh, AI is not just able to go and ingest data from anywhere and learn from that. The data needs to be labeled. So what that means is the AI needs to be told what the data means. And that's a, 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 a process that, although a lot of it can be automated as well, most of it needs to be done manually. And so there are huge amount of people around the world. And again, back to the point earlier, this does not need to be uh, jobs that are local necessarily to, to a team. This can be done uh, remotely very easily. So that's the second, uh, area where jobs are going to flourish or are already flourishing. Lots of um, uh, teams around the world are providing these services today. And the third, maybe the most obvious area, is the direct need for advanced skills such as data science, software engineering, um, and uh, and all of the additional supporting roles around that including people that know how to build ai products including people that know how to sell ai products including people that know how to deploy ai products and based back to the the big topic of today is ai going to be taking over your job well, uh, it also going to take people that can educate the workforce to show that AI is not this big uh, three-headed monster, but that it's going to be helping the teams. And that's what we call change management. And in change management, to have that uh to have successful ai deployments in the enterprise change management techniques will be to to continue to be applied evolve and a lot of uh, uh a lot of activity around this will be created
2: How what f- i inter- go ahead Mike. what i'm interested uh to know so we've we've talked about the three areas of job opportunities with ai we've talked about some opportunities where there will be shifts in the employment um can you talk to us a little bit about some of the benefits of adding AI in places where currently it might be manual processes or it might be people doing the work? What benefits might we see? And then conversely, what drawbacks might you see in the short or the long-term?
1: I love this question. So the, the first of all, let's talk about the benefits. And there are many different types of benefits. One of the benefit is that we may not think about uh, a lot. We engage with a lot of large Fortune 100 companies. And these companies still have a lot of manual work that is being done, which means they go and hire uh, entry level, uh, just out of, fresh out of college uh, uh, folks that have a high level education, very skilled, have a whole career ahead of them. And these teams, entire teams, need to start their career by doing extremely boring, repetitive work in processing various um, documents or information. This causes uh, extremely low job satisfaction. This causes extremely uh, high uh, turnover in these, these companies. And so AI is able to essentially provide all of these um, uh, team members and associates, the help they need, so that out of the box, out of the, out of right, fresh out of school, they can immediately contribute with the knowledge and the skills that they they are bringing to the market, as opposed to something that is um, uh, not valuable and not not differentiating at all.
2: Do young employees or even seasoned vets that have been in the world, uh, the business world, for years and years, how do we think about reskilling or upskilling in order to be able to work effectively and ethically with AI in the workplace?
1: Great question. So AI that the way it's being presented today has this um, uh, this notion that it's going to be uh, solving all the problems better than than humans, and I think that. This is a, a fallacy. I think that uh, what I would say for the younger generation that enters the job market now with AI uh, becoming available, the first thing is to get educated on what AI can and cannot do. And from there, there's um, there are current job descriptions or roles that uh, are very prone to be um not completely displaced, but highly disrupted by AI, and so to understand what AI can do, anything that has to do with automation, advanced automation, repetitive tasks, uh, this is something where um, the 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 new newcomers on the job market should be aware of not getting trained on repetitive tasks, not banking on the future with uh, low added value tasks, but rather to understand that. Um, what is the missing point of ai is the ability to think ai systems are going to become more and more uh, better and better at at thinking and making decisions but that's not the case today so when we think about uh, what i hear a lot is people wondering how is it going to be that uh, more entry-level jobs how can these if, if every entry-level jobs go away, that becomes a problem because not everybody in the society has either the time, funds, money, circumstances to get a high-level high, high level education. And so the one of the fear is that only highly educated workers will be able to play in a world with AI. And this is not the case because even – Lower-level tasks, lower-level activities will require that human uh, supervision, human involvement. And this is where I think it's important to be upskilled, is to understand AI solutions and what they, they provide and to learn how to augment these solutions with human cognitive capabilities.
2: What are some of the things, on, on, that, on that note, what are some of the things that you're seeing at Charlie when you're working with clients that are implementing these type of AI systems? How are you seeing them create, adapt, and implement policies for when, where, and how AI is used in the workplace? And what type of challenges have you helped to solve in, uh, in doing so?
1: One of the big ones is for AI not to be a black box. If AI is a black box, it's also extremely feared. As we engage with teams, we don't have any problems to understand and to uh, align with uh, overall objectives, management objectives uh, of, uh, of creating opportunities for an enterprise, but the team themselves feel extremely threatened right, uh, extremely threatened by, by this black box. And so what we do with, uh, uh, with these deployments is we ensure that the AI is uh, open, that it's, we call it, we refer to it as explainable AI. I think that the ability, if if you know, when you work with a human on your team, you want to know why they make certain decisions. You want to know based on what they they decided uh, a certain plan of attack. And the same way with AI, if the result comes out of a black box, there's a, a low trust element to this. And so the what is really important is for uh, the team member, the user, the customer to be in the loop to be understanding what the AI is doing and not doing and more importantly able to influence future decisions. The same way as a user, as a a team member, a manager would want to oversee and influence what a team is accomplishing, the same thing is very important with AI. And we see that this is critical into gaining trust and making progress into uh, AI adoption.
2: I love that idea of of not treating it like a black box and treating it as something that uh, is meant to be a team member in some ways. And and I I don't know if if team members the appropriate way to, to characterize that, but to not think of it as like, oh, that just works with no supervision, but to think of it in the way that like this is a system, a process, this is accomplishing a task just the way, you know, a member of the team would, we need to ensure that we're giving it all the resources and the attention that it needs in order to do it in the most effective and capable way. I love that notion. I think a lot of us think of AI as you mentioned before, it's that always on, always working assistant. And it's not quite like that, especially when used in the enterprise. So um, I think that's a really important takeaway there Joel.
1: Absolutely, I totally agree. and I think that uh, the next the next level of challenge in AI that we we haven't talked about just yet but it's the ethical aspect and the overall um, uh, governance around AI And I think that there what's going to be really important is uh, the industry uh, will need to have consortium of Um, uh, what we call responsible AI, so that AI systems can be measured against standards. And then governments will have to pass legislations so that certain, um, uh, certain standards will need to be uh followed depending on the industry the use cases and i think that with this infrastructure in place people will start to feel a bit more at ease because if we look at the evolution of social media and the internet uh we're still catching up from a a legislation and uh, uh regulation and, and and governance and so having that for ai is going to be even more important uh, and therefore, it's a, it's an urgent matter for an overall success and uh, and and deployment and evolution of the society to have that in place as soon as possible.
0: I think that now's a good time to wrap up the wave for the week. Certainly some interesting threads to pull on ethics next week. Um, and I guess i'll I'll just throw out there. There's this book called A Thousand Brains written by a brilliant neuroscientist who's also quite interested in AI. Probably a good spot to look into if you uh, are interested in exploring a bit of the ethics, too. He covers it in some some detail there. We'll be back next week with another wave. Uh, And thank you very much, Joel, again.
1: Thank you, everyone.